Yo, what's going on, guys? This is episode 15 of the Pokey Talk podcast. It's your host, Nate and Philip. What's going on, Philip? Hey, hey, not too much at all, not too much at all. Pretty excited for this episode, and also, need a bit a little bit. Yeah, we're uh, we got a little special section in the news here to vent a little bit about our beloved grading company PSA. But uh, <laughs> this episode, as far as the main topic goes, is going to be other TCGs. Should Pokemon be worried? I think Pokemon's in a really good spot, but there's a lot of other TCGs that are also great in their own way. We're going to be talking about the pros and cons of everything in relation to Pokemon. Um, if you guys haven't heard, Disney is making their own TCG next year. Uh, I believe that's called Lorcana. And yep. uh, we'll be touching on that too. Touching on Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic. Um, even Little MetaZoo. And then some other lesser known or less popular ones. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about Disney especially mm-hmm. yeah absolutely but uh yeah i guess we'll just hop on into the news and uh tell us tell us what you're thinking philip how how's psa what? treating us <laughs> well so today is september 8th we sent out our first psa order in the final week of october so it was like october 24th or so of 2020 yeah, our yeah. first, like, middleman order. <laughs> so, I mean, we're approaching 104 weeks. I guess we're, like, what, at, like, 99 or something like that. And you're seeing people getting their cards back from sending in to economy. Just six months ago, you're already seeing some of those people getting their cards back. And just today, they announced, oh, $22 bulk yeah, literally this evening, you know, a few days old after you're listening to this when it's released. But the bulk is back, $22 for members. I think the membership is like $100 a year. Um, so, I mean, if you're paying 22 and getting your cards back, I mean, I think the turnaround time was like 150 days or so. And uh, pretty much every tier that they have been opening – whether it be like a special or not, you know, they had even 18 there for a while um, for like a limited time, two-week period as like a trial run. But uh, yeah, every level they've opened so far, they've been pretty much sticking to their turnaround times. And it was just announced today that the bulk service, $22 a card, will be 120 to 150 calendar days. So that's not even business days. That's, you know... Pretty good time. That's what four or five months. So, mm-hmm. which is nothing compared to the orders from 2020 that are still out there, going on two years now. So, so. what? Yeah, I want to say one thing. We don't quite know how much is it PSA's responsibility that this has gotten to this point, um, because we've also had Lutkins reach out to us, be like, "Okay, this is how much of an upcharge you're going to have." And this is what you need to owe. And that that was paid a long, long, long time ago at this point. Yeah, in <laughs> and, May. Yeah. And we thought, oh, my God, here it is. It's finally, uh, this is great timing, perfect, perfect. And 
we paid and nothing. Now I know you saw it for a while. Um, it was other individuals in that submission who haven't paid, which we don't quite know how Ludkin's practices work and how, how they function. Do they just pay everything at once, which would make sense. You just have to take it a part of your business expense, I would think, and then you just hold on to the cards. I wouldn't, you know, I don't care. Remember if there was like a contract we signed or something. I don't know if there was or not. When we, or like a disclaimer, if that was a part of a disclaimer or not. About, I don't think they, so. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I remember it just being a form and you just sending it. But I wasn't sure if maybe there was like a terms and agreement that was used at some point. But you know. The fact that if, if it was Ludkins at one point, well, now PSA has absorbed Ludkins. How, was that th- three months ago? Yeah, something like that. And essentially the UK branch um, was developed through, you know, the Ludkins branch. So now they're pretty much like part of PSA because they had a lot of action going through there. They actually said on the podcast, the PSA pod, this week that also came out today, which was also just hyping up their $22 card. Like nothing, nothing happened. Nothing's a problem. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they said they choose their locations like that based on how much volume is traveling through. So, you know, with Ludkins, a lot of volume went through the UK and, uh, yeah, that's why they pretty much absorbed that branch. Granted, you know, ours was Ludkins North America, which is, you know, totally different. But, you know, either way, this has just gone too far. And if it's on Ludkins end or PSA's end, at this point, even with everybody understanding the craze of 2020, it is just becoming too much to see all these other levels open up. It's not really bugging me too much. It's just like annoying and I'm frustrated for the people who, you know, just kind of dabbled in the hobby. But I think that's also part of the problem because it very well could be like PSA is just holding the cards because we've known that they've been graded and upcharged for months now. Um, they could be holding the cards until Ludkins pays. Ludkins could be waiting to pay until every single customer who was in that order pays, which could be who knows how many. Um, and that doesn't make sense to me as for business practice because clearly individuals have moved on. It's not. Yeah. I I can't imagine with the with where the market's at in most in most channels that oh it's I can't afford it. I can't imagine that's the case at all. So, well, me, and Ludkins the, like it it makes sense for like a business practice that way, but also. It doesn't because Ludkins can't pay for those cards and then, you know, sit on them or sell them at like this market. Basically, if they had a system in place like that, they would have to like immediately sell them just to like, you know, get the capital back. But, you know, what if the the owners, you know, they can't just wait two years and then give up their cards like there's a lot of legal stuff in there. I think I mentioned this before, like, you know, even insurance documents and stuff, they have to be held on to for like seven to 10 years. So if there was something in place like that, they would have to hold that for like a long time to deem it like unclaimed. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this it's not it's happened before. I'm sure yeah. it has. You know, so I, I I imagine you know at some point like you just it's just got to be the cost has got to be eight at some point by somebody after so long. Mm-hmm. Because if it's been six months and it still hasn't been paid, I mean, realistically, is it really anybody going to actually come forward and pay? Like, I have my, I have doubts, real doubts that that's going to happen at this point. Because I I understand some people might be struggling for money, but again, the market isn't what it was. Yeah. So it's not like these these are like crazy costs for some of these cars. Maybe for one or two people, but the majority, no. No. Yeah, it's just frustrating. It's easy for Ludkins to look bad because they're the ones who took the orders. But, you know, maybe that's PSA stance. They're like, oh, well, we've got them graded. It's, you know, Ludkins' problem. But, you know, either way, it makes PSA look bad because they're flaunting these $22 tiers. So they need to really get on the ball. Yeah, they need to get on the ball and like really wrap this up because they're talking about how good the hobby's doing. It's still moving forward. Well, I'll tell you right now, it'd be even stronger if we had those cards back because that is the sole reason I haven't been grading. I want all my cards back just so I can like reevaluate my collection, see what I want to trim down, and then go from grading there. I have an entire hollow first edition base set i'm waiting to send into psa i could have sent that in a long time ago they could have made a lot of money off me on the upcharges if i would have sent them a year ago but uh glad we're kind of getting screwed over because it's made me not send a single thing into psa essentially since we've had this order out but yeah it's just frustrating for all parties it makes all companies involved look bad they really need to wrap this up like in any way possible um i mean if you look at the dealer economy group submissions they're only completed through 118.22 now they stopped allowing group submissions bulk well ludkins voluntarily stopped at one point i don't remember when that was like u.s ludkins i know they stopped in the bulk at one point and i know psa also limited or cut it off also at some point. I think that was in March though. So, but that's also when they entered it into the system. That's not when they received it. So, I mean, yeah. and then, you know, what, 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 one thing I was also going to mention is like, as far as like a customer service level, I've worked in customer service all my life. And whenever you have an atrocious experience and with either a company or employee or whatever, either it's amended somehow or you just never go there again. You never give them your money again. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, it's about principle. And just be like, oh, yeah, we, you know, PSA being like, oh, yeah, we kind of uh, set a lot of the market, you know. We set a lot of the market price in, in, a, in a lot of ways. And so they just kind of expect people to give to them. Yeah. But, okay, you got CGC is now a legit competitor to PSA, a very legit competitor. They offer more affordable prices and they offer quicker turnaround time and have been this whole entire time. I realized there was more sent out to PSA, significantly more, especially for Pokemon. And they don't deal with sports with CDC or CDC directly doesn't. But still. Yeah, something's got to give. And uh, yeah, they just need to wrap it up. I understand like people sending directly now, which 
is what, you know, I'll be doing for the rest of time, yeah. especially since they yeah. made it easier. Um, before, you know, the idea of a middleman was great. I mean, to send your cards, they do the work, but yeah, just the way it's, it's shaped up to be. I mean, that's what I was trying to get at with the, you know, occasional here and there collector, like you just said, it just made it such a horrible experience. Like, I don't know, just imagine the guys who just sent one order and they're still waiting two years to, you know, and they're not involved in the hobby enough where they're hearing about all this. Mm-hmm. It's going to take years for that to recover for the casual person. But I And, know. I mean, I'm not saying I'll never send a PSA because, I mean, I almost have no choice in some regards if you want a certain premium on your cards, especially if you know it won't get a CGC 10, but you're confident it'll get a PSA 10. Like, sometimes you don't have a choice, but the fact is, it's going to take a minute before I'm willing to give PSA any more money again. Yeah. Because when you're treated like this sort of expectant dollar, like, oh, they're, you know, they're going to have to give me money. Just, you're just seeing as a, a dollar sign. Clearly, they only care so much as the profit they make. At least that's my skewed vision right now, or my biased vision, I guess you can say. Cynical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and even though mine's more of personal matter, like, of course, I'll, send, I'll still send the PSA, but it's like, it's more of a personal matter to me. Like, I had a lot of cards sent out, some big ones, and I want to wait until they're back to like reevaluate things. I don't like having multiple orders out. I like doing one, getting it back. Like, you know, I've been in the hobby a long time now and I really am here for the long haul planning out what to grade. And it takes me a long time to pull the trigger on some stuff. So I'll wait as long as I need to. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, there'd be more money in their pocket if they, got my cards earlier with the up charges i'm sure they'd slap on there which is you know cool (laughs) yeah but yeah there's our little ted talk for psa let us know if you guys have stuff i mean there's tons of people in the hobby that just still have stuff left i know people actively sending in you know economy levels when they opened up and, you know, even the higher tiers and they're getting their cards back and they still have 2020 orders as well. But, you know, we've talked about this before. It's not a, it's not a uh, first in, first out or first in, last out. There's just no rhyme or reason. It's just a jumbled mess and nobody knows what's going on. You know, guys that look and stop responding. <laughs> it's just still a headache and nobody knows why. So there's even been rumors of a plastic shortage, but that doesn't seem to bother them opening up the bulk tier for $22. So, so that's not it. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I, I've always defended PSA. I have always defended PSA, always did whatever I could to keep their name well privileged. And I, I just can't, can't do that anymore. And it's, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've always, I I've, always loyal. I've always but. been back and forth. I mean, depending, but I mean, it's just typical PSA. There's always something. Um, 
this is just the norm for everyone like listening out there don't have it be a reason to shine away from me you know psa of course it's not the norm for that rare 2020 situation but PSA's history has kind of been like this. It's a lot of ups and downs, but PSA is still the place to go. Don't get us wrong. I guess that's our disclaimer. You know, we always got to talk bad about the companies just because, you know, we're hoping they improve. We love the companies. That's why we're giving them constructive criticism, just like all these TCGs we're about to talk about. But, uh, we yeah. got to talk about something else first, though. We got to talk about the Charizard UPC. Yeah. Charizard UPC is looking good. We got some better images showing off the Charizards. We do, and we get a first glimpse at Charizard being pwned on his own card <laughs> by Mewtwo. Mm-mm. He was taking a beating on the uh, <laughs> on the EX card in the illustration contest yeah. or the yeah, illustration I'm- book. With the Venusaur, some people think, "Oh, he's about to take a beating." But I don't know. He looked like he like he had he had fight in his eyes. <laughs> This one is like, you know, you got Mewtwo with a Shadow Ball, and it looks like Charizard is, I think it's supposed to look like he's about to, but it looks like he's on his last, his last sparks, or his flames, his last embers, mm-hmm. but, I don't know. Yeah, really cool looking card. I mean, it's almost like a, the anime art style. Yeah. And then we got the V-Max say- that looks like Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. I would say what's cool about that Charizard V is the leaked image of the Mewtwo Altart V Star looks like it's the opposite view of this Charizard V Star. Yeah, for the like upcoming mm-hmm. sets, yeah. You can barely make it out, but after seeing like this more of a clear image, it looks very similar. Like it looks like it's it's the same scene, and you know it's it's with a photo look looking like it was taken on a razor from two thousand five. Uh, yeah, the first <laughs> images were not good at all. Uh, it, you know, it could be more details away, but it does look like it's this Charizard fighting with this Mewtwo, which is cool. And then, yeah. the, and then the other one, <clears throat> I have to say, the other one uh, is like the aftermath of the Charizard alt art from Brilliant Stars, and this is like a four card scene now. I feel like with with this alt art, if not more. Yeah, I like the V where he's like laying down looking at Venusaur. It reminds me a lot of that like Charizard DX where Venusaur has him wrapped in its vines. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's the, like uh, it's like that problem. battle is about to happen or it just ended and like it's about to start again. You know, there's like broken trees around there, but Yeah, it's like it's like Venusaur. You can't quite make it up because of the you can kind of see it, but I bet you can see it more in person. But uh it kind of looks like Char or Venusaur is given Charizard this like lazy eye. Yeah, and there's a leaf on Charizard's nose, so it's like he was napping and he was, you know, woken up by a leaf falling on him that Venusaur had. So yeah, just really cool looking cards. Um, I wanted to make a point that there seems to be quite a bit of these. A lot of stores that were you know involved in the celebrations. UPC are getting about four to five times more of this one. Um, whether that's a supply improvements or what, um, I think there's just more out there. So you should be able to find this one a little more easily than the UPC. You know, there's the factor of it being a Charizard, so it's going to be 
insanely popular, but there is more quantity. Like it's pretty obvious that there's more quantity. So that, you know, kind of evens it out there. But also celebrations was a time where way more people were trying to scalp. I think I told a story of like this 50 year old guy not involved in Pokemon was bragging about his celebrations ETBs that he was going to hold on to him and see what happens. And but, the guy uh, that with his celebration UPC stuck out from 6 a.m. or whatever it was, 5, 6 a.m. to get both of them at GameStop. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully it's not like that. It should be cheaper. I mean, maybe it'll creep up. There's no gold cards. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be something to watch. I want yeah. just one of them to open. And, uh, yeah, I don't think I will even be holding on to these sealed. I just want a copy of each of the promos. So, yeah, I, I think this one will do well sealed, obviously, and there will be a lot of people opening it, but ultimately I think you're going to be able to find one or at least even on the secondary market, it won't get too crazy because I saw the UPCs hit as low as like 230 ships. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the the celebrations. So if that one hit two thirty shift with we know we don't we don't know the exact numbers, but we know the trend that Pokemon has done with these with these with these products that they're going to print more. They're going to print more than what they did for the celebrations, and we both understand the major limited factor was the cost of the supplies for it, like the gold cards and all that. But this doesn't have that, and they're going to have more printed. So if you're talking, I think, wasn't a rumor like only 10k or something of the celebrations UPC were were made? Uh, I'm not. I wasn't sure on the numbers on that one. I just know like the uh, distribution for this one compared to that one seems to be like four or five times more for like the average yeah. stores or the yeah. stores that I follow, like on YouTube. They they said you know where some stores got you know a lot of stores got less than 10. Like this one store got like four celebrations and he's getting like 50 of the Charizard. So, and it seems to be pretty, pretty similar story across the board from anyone that I've been following. I would say if so, celebrations hit about 230 ships and we know it's going to be much more printed. I think it's safe to say that you'll be able to get it at a decent price on the secondary market in due time. It's big on for 120 MSRP. I mean, I I think it would you can easily get one. I bet I wouldn't be surprised if, if you get you'd be able to get one pretty close to that. Maybe well, like one Charizard, three more. Charizards. I know, but I I, I just like just, just looking like at the, the trends. It's just like they, the bid, the special delivery bidoof. Yeah, it's gonna go cheap, but it'll outpace. I think. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm just saying in terms of, of price, like what it will. I'm not talking about which one will do better. I'm, I'm talking about in terms of you being able to get this for an affordable price compared to the cel- Celebrations UPC and how it was on the secondary market. Yeah. I think it will go- be, like, if, like again, 230 Celebrations UPC shift. I'm confident you'll probably be able to get it pretty close to MSRP eventually on the secondary market. If I, obviously, it'll go up in due time, and it will do very well. But... I just think people should worry and try to. I know there are some issues with the on the Pokemon TCG subreddit. Like, 
people are already trying to get pre-orders up. And then there was this one place. I, I can't even remember the name of the site. It was like it was like so sketch. And it's like, why are you trying to buy from these sketch websites when it's just people are getting caught in FOMO? Like they're just getting caught in FOMO with this. And it's like, take a breather. It's not gonna. It's yeah. not gonna moon shot. Okay. It's it, it's. It's not going to be as bad as you think it is. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be crazy. Either way, it'll be a nice product, nice promos. Definitely want to get one to open. But, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, some uh, the only other news we'll have, which we're going to touch on more at the end of the episode. You know, of course, we mentioned it. We're going to KC Collecticon. So if you're interested in what we might bring or what we're thinking about that, check the end of the episode. We'll touch on that then. But yeah, how about the main topic? Should Pokemon be worried about other TCGs? Yes or no? uh, (laughs) Well, that depends on which one you want to start with. First off, I want to say more about the other TCGs and then kind of say what what I think. We'll be like, okay. Yeah. Give me a note. Let's just go through, yeah, kind of the main TCGs on the table. Mm -hmm. I kind of, you know, just wanted to mention the more common ones. You have a couple others on your list to argue Mm -hmm. for. So, yeah, let's just go back and forth, talk about what we're talking about, and do the pros and cons, and uh, kind of go from there. So, yeah, what's, what's number one on the list? Or should we start with a more popular one? How about we start with the more popular one? Uh, what about Magic? All right. Yeah, I like Magic a lot. I play Magic a lot. I have like 15 decks that I'm always tweaking, playing with buddies. However, I'm not involved in buying new products. I've been out. I probably haven't bought a Magic product in five years. Um, really been turned off to what they've been doing here lately. It's always like a money grab. They're doing like, essentially, if Pokemon had, you know, has alt arts, if they put like 20 alt arts in the set and then had like an etched version, a hollow version, a borderless version, that's the kind of stuff Magic is dabbling in right now. And it used to not be like that. It's really been in the last five years, I think, where it's been really ramped up, especially the last like six to seven. If you take a look back at Magic, we were in kind of like a healthy spot, and it's just really been blown open. Um, They have a lot of corporate stuff to deal with on that side, but overall, I love the game. There's been many things trying to copy Magic as far as like Flesh and Blood. That's just one of the main ones. It's kind of like MetaZoo is to Pokemon. It's like flesh and blood is to magic. So overall, I love the game. They have a strong core fan base, strong game mechanics, probably the best as far as like gameplay, in my opinion. I think that is an area that it beats Pokemon at. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more strategy, a lot more in-depth, yep. drawn-out games. Um, but it's, you know... Proved to be more towards a more mature audience. They're not really targeting younger kids or anything. Um, you can just see that by the artwork. It's a lot more gory and stuff like that. Darker, for sure. But, 
Yeah, I love magic. I don't think Pokemon should be worried about magic in a sense because of the audience gap. Yep, the two separate demographics. Yeah, and there's That's not the really difference. much collectability in magic outside of the early sets. No, no Nobody in- really collects unless it's like a big name card, which there's reprint, reprints galore. But, uh, yeah. What you think? Do you have any experience with magic? I do not, actually. Uh, obviously, I've been around magic for a long time in terms of just being involved in TCGs, like from, obviously, the Pokemon TCG to the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG, um, even dabbled in between with the Dragon Ball Super T, or the Dragon Ball Z at the time, BCG, and even a little Diddy Mutton then. But, um, never magic. Uh, it never really intrigued me. Um, I guess because I was never really interested in the strategy games for the TCG. Mm-hmm. Um, I ne- never played. It was always about the art more for me than anything. And I'm looking at a lot of these magic cards now. They are doing new things with like the different foil designs that it looks like. I think they are trying to increase like just based on like from an outsider perspective collectability. I mean, there's some that do look gorgeous. I, w- I will say that. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. It's just like some of the booster packs, like. I don't know, they just made a product recently, like another master set, where they just kind of go all out. It's like, you can get like three mythic cards, which is like three... The secret rare, Yeah, secret rares, yeah. That's like the big cards. You can get like three plus of those in a pack. And like, yeah, you have all the etched foils and stuff like that. I mean, some of those booster packs are pretty ridiculously priced. Um... You know, the the packs on the store shelves are like hundreds hundreds of dollars and you get just a handful of packs for that. So I don't know, it's just it's just a big entry. Like people have been calling for reprints of cards to bring the cost down. And yeah, they do reprints, but they also throw them in sets like this where they're like way over the top and super expensive. So I don't know. Well, you know, and Haddock's whole thing is basically tournaments and actual play and i think it's pretty amazing how dedicated a lot of the players are and i do think it's a very respectable game and tcg and i like to see it be successful and you know they are in a lot of way i mean they obviously aren't the first cards made uh but from from modern i would say they kind of hold that distinction of kind of getting the ball rolling in a lot of ways for modern TCG products. And they kind of set the gold standard. Mm-hmm. I would say everybody kind of is compared to magic, especially when it comes to strategy. And now you have Pokemon that has built enough for repertoire to diverge from magic. It's like the two own distinctions. And like you have a Pokemon and magic, they're their own distinctions and they're the Kings of the castle. And Magic is cool. It's just I've never played it personally. <laughs> yeah. I, I I just know one of the local stores here. Uh, they specialize in stuff like Warhammer and board games and Magic. They you can, you can buy raw cards of Magic. <laughs> and and most are you, you can't catch you can't catch Pokemon though in there. God forbid. But uh, the guy is almost like personally offended because he was around during the during the early two thousand crash of po- or I should say crash of Pokemon. But when the People stop buying. 
mm-hmm. and he was stuck with a lot of product. And he still remembered that. And basically, when I asked him during the hype, it was just like, you plan on getting any? And he almost laughed. Basically, almost laughed in my face about, oh, Pokemon? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't want any part of this hype or fad or whatever this is. And <laughs> here we go. Two years later, a year and a half later, Pokemon's still going strong, still selling crazy. Uh, and they still haven't adapted, but it yeah. is what it is. But that being said, Magic, I think that really is indicative of how strong Magic is. That yeah. there's so many individuals now are still so loyal that they come and play to this day. And they still play. And they're competitive about it. And yeah, I, I just think it's a really amazing TCG. And I mean, did it, South Park even make fun of it? Magic? It was called, uh, yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you've seen that episode, but that one's pretty good. Uh, I, yeah, I remember. It's been a long time since I've seen that, but I do remember them touching on that. That that one was a fantastic episode, and if you're made fun by South Park, then you have made it as a successful <laughs> franchise. Well, you made it as a notable one, at least. So yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's just so strongly. Um, revolves around its playability. A lot of the expensive cards in the game are ones that are playable. And the reason they're expensive is because like they're played in like really popular decks and you need four of them. So very playable driven, you know, Pokemon used to be that way when collecting wasn't big pre 2016, pretty much where like a card's value was actually really strongly based off playability. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I talked about this before when the Mewtwo, when the EXs came back the second time, um, Mewtwo EX like held at like a hundred dollars for a modern card, which is really strong. It was like the most expensive modern card out. It was like the Moonbreon, but, uh, yeah, it held strong at a hundred dollars for like two years because that's how long it was relevant. And now you can pick it up for like 10 bucks. But you still see that a little bit today. Like the Arceus and Palkia V-Stars yep. are pretty popular. They're still $30, $40 cards where like other rarities of that is like, you know, 10 to 20 So you still see a little bit of that today. But the pendulum definitely has swung for Pokemon. Like playability is a lot lower than collectability now. So They're definitely gearing hard toward, though, towards it. Um yeah, they're wanting to bring the back. They're wanting to bring that back. Like this year was a clear. The twenty twenty two worlds was a clear indication of not just really TC. I mean, obviously the the competitive aspects of TCG, but all competitive aspects of their gameplay. You can tell they're trying to Pokemon is trying to tackle into that niche of the market that they aren't as dominant in as compared to Magic. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that they're like, okay, how can we grow? And that's a very commonsensical way to grow amongst your player base. Like we, like you know, you can't, you can only, you're going to keep on growing with the collection aspect. That's just, that's just a freight train. And the thing is just running away. And that's just is just going to keep on going up, 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 up. And the TCG competitive aspect is starting to kind of be left in the dust, almost an afterthought. And they, I mean, they almost had to do something like it. You know, so, so, I mean, it's obviously not on life support, right? It's got a healthy community, but it's got plenty of podcasts, plenty of 
plenty of individuals who are passionate about it and will it lives on through them and it's going to continue going on yeah but it needs some some propping up yeah the uh thing i noticed is you know they brought back the point system so you can qualify for big events you know you don't have to go to regionals or states and pokemon now um, that's something that kind of went away for the pandemic, and they're definitely trying to bring that back, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, they're definitely moving in the right direction. Um, magic has always killed it with their events. They've, you know, Friday night magic was always a thing where all the game stores Friday night you'd go play, you could get a promo every week. Um, then they did away with the promos for a while, and you know they kind of did some weird stuff with that, but. Their pre-release events are great. Pokemon kind of has done that, but yeah, the collectability of Pokemon has just really overtaken everything, and I think we're slowly starting to see that come back. And yeah, I don't think Pokemon should be worried with Magic, though. I mean, they'll catch up on play. Maybe they won't catch up on playability as far as strategy, but you know, it's definitely not in any risk just based off the demographic and. Uh, Magic is kind of doing their their own job at shooting themselves in the foot with a lot of the stuff. <laughs> Proxies are a really huge thing in Magic because, you know, people just want to play the game. They don't want to pay $40 for four copies of a card when they can buy all four copies for like five bucks and just buy it from a China seller proxy, you know. The card might look off, but you can put it in a sleeve and it plays just fine. So, I don't know. That's that's kind of a whole other discussion, though. Mm -hmm. But uh, what about Yu-Gi-Oh! for the next one? I guess that's the next biggest, really, huh? Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! is definitely... Okay. Or one I that's been around yeah, for, right. you know, yeah. I, this long. I don't really... I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! It was... Yu-Gi-Oh! in a lot of ways was more of a... Um, I don't want to say, I want to say more children oriented gameplay, but similar in a, in a lot of regards. I felt like I, I always felt like Yu-Gi-Oh was the children's magic or the younger person's magic is kind of, is kind of what I saw it as. And I yeah. also think what's great about Yu-Gi-Oh is it has high collectability. They got a lot of good looking cards. They sure do. And I mean, I we you did, I know you did. You left Pokemon for for Yu Gi Oh. I did the same. Yeah, a lot of people have that same experience. Yeah, you know, Yu Gi Oh yep. was just as big there for a while. Plus, I feel like the connection there, like the story of the anime, was a lot more in depth. And I love the anime. I actually still watch the anime. I, I like just the first few seasons. I don't watch like how they change the character and all that, but. I actually went back and watched it like a couple of years ago, like finished it out because they actually have like an ending to the story. And I think it's only five seasons, but yeah, for the original one, See, I, I think they so. Only, they only got like, the, they only had maybe first two or three on Netflix and, and it's harder and more difficult for me to find the streams for that anime because it's, it's like a big name anime, but it's not on. Wasn't on the Funimation. It wasn't on Silent Crunchyroll. At least I don't think it was. I, I'll have to re 
Okay. Yeah. But, like, I'm trying to watch that in English. Like, I grew up watching that in English. I want to watch that in English. And, like, I watch all of Naruto in, in, in subtitles. And, you know what? I can do it, but I, I, I'd rather not anymore <laughs> if, if I have a choice. It's not that bad. I think, but, uh, I, I think I might have them somewhere. I'll have to send them to you. But what, What's that? The uh, The other seasons or, like, all the seasons. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I find myself, it's more simplified, but I mean, it's, I still enjoy w- w- watching it. Yeah, and maybe that's where, like, the fandom of magic never came through. They never had, like, a show. It was just always straight card game. And, you know, maybe that's why we're, we see the strength in its playability. But, uh, yeah, Ma- Yu-Gi-Oh, I think you kind of hit it on the nail. Pokemon is like the grade school game where you're like learning like TCG games. It mm-hmm. does have enough depth to where, you know, it has a very wide range and it can get competitive, but it's like, you know, only a handful of decks really makes a competitive scene every few years. Whereas magic, it's a little more broad, but you still have the same thing where it's like a handful of decks are always like the top decks. But there's just a lot more variety in Magic's gameplay. Yu-Gi-Oh, I think, falls right in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. It's a little more complicated with mechanics, like more mechanics in Pokemon, but the mechanics are pretty simple. Now they do have a lot of extra stuff. Like They have a lot of, like, I know Synchro cards were coming in. It was like an all-new character type. When I was like dabbling and collecting again for Yu-Gi-Oh, they were like white cards. And then, yeah, now they have the ghost cards, which are kind of more collectible based. And uh, I really like what they're doing with Yu-Gi-Oh. My biggest problem with Yu-Gi-Oh was the reprints. Like they do reprint cards a lot. Pokemon does a really good job with this. Like when they reprint cards, they have a different artwork. You know, we've, We've seen some with the same artwork, like base at Charizard and Celebrations, for example, but the card is always drastically changed. There's there's some sets in Yu-Gi-Oh! that have had reprints that are, you know, very pretty much like not distinguishable from each other. You know, they you do have the set code or the set lettering like you do in Pokemon with the symbols. But there are still even versions that the only difference is like the card stock. So that's why a lot of collectability has really been struggling in Yu-Gi-Oh! But you can find things out there that are kind of standouts. Like, you know, old set stuff, high grade stuff. The original Legends of Blue Eyes, Blue Eyes White Dragons. The first editions are very collectible. It's kind of like Pokemon. When you go back to the OG stuff, you know, there's, there's good stuff there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's set up in a way where it's kind of easy. Like, I don't want to say easy. There's a lot of strategy in it, but the games can be very quick. It can just be like combos of what you draw. So that's one thing I didn't like about Yu-Gi-Oh! It's like, yeah, it's more complicated than Pokemon, but the games in Pokemon are almost more drawn out than Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! It's just like how efficient you can draw. I understand with Yu-Gi-Oh, though, I love the Game Boy game. Was it Duel Stories? Oh, yeah, Dark Duel Stories. Oh, man, that game. That was pretty fun. I 
I just played for hours. I have honestly almost more fun memories playing that game than I, I did with, with Yu-Gi-Oh. But, you know... And Pokemon, you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but with Yu-Gi-Oh, every, when everybody kind of jumped ship, it was kind of like, oh, you're, you're too young now. You almost got, you'd almost get teased for being a Pokemon. And you jumped to Yu-Gi-Oh. And, I mean, that's what every, everybody on the schoolyard was, was all about. And in terms of the actual collector value that still holds to this day, I do think it is still really high. I do think the interest that you see has been able to successfully take root with the nostalgic aspect of it. And I do see Yu-Gi-Oh! continue to do well. I mean, the, the market for some of the more vintage stuff is, has just blown up. Mm-hmm. And... I regret not buying a few of those first edition booster packs two years ago when we were talking about it. They almost overnight just skyrocketed mm-hmm. of the the legend of the blue eyes. And I was like, do I do it? I'm not sure. And I regret not doing that because they were, what was it? It was the, I can't remember if it was the first edition of the Unlimited. They were like 25 bucks. And then I looked again and they were like 250, 300. <laughs> Yeah, they were kind of late to the hype, but they, they mm-hmm. had their wave too. And I think it's kind of leveled out, it looks like. But, I mean, they went up significantly. And so the fact that whenever there comes money, comes more people. Why, yeah. Whether it's people that like it or not, that's that, I mean, doesn't really matter. It brings more people in, whether they're good for the hobby or not. And with that, you know, start coming forgeries, start coming everything else. But, you know, I, I have never, I haven't gone back to you. I still have all my cards. Well, my second set of cards. I had the first set stolen. Um, they were confiscated for me in sixth grade because I was causing disruptions in class. And I was I playing. Think, I, I think you told that say. story, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, we have. And anyways, yeah, they were all stolen. I knew they were going to get stolen, and, and they did. And I was able to recoup a little bit. But I still have everything in, their, or in Penny Sleeve and Card Savers. And I've thought about going back for some Yu-Gi-Oh! But just right now, I can only afford so many hobbies. And Yu-Gi-Oh! is not a part of that, unfortunately. So, but. Yeah. I almost have more nostalgia for the Yu-Gi-Oh! cards because... Yeah, I I remember more about having Yu-Gi-Oh in my childhood than I do Pokemon because my Pokemon cards got stolen, and then by that time, like Yu-Gi-Oh was the thing. So, yeah, it's like Yu-Gi-Oh was where a lot of my memories were, and you know I'll eventually have the cards again. But now my care for Pokemon is like so high, and every once in a while, you know, I've talked about this where I do like a clean out. Yu-Gi-Oh! was seen as a thing that was just extra, and when they went up, I, I sold the last binder I had. I had a complete Legend of Blue Eyes set, and then a starter deck Kaiba, and a starter deck Yugi. Like, the three main things. And I sold those just to put more money into Pokemon, which is still an okay decision by me today, because, you know, Pokemon is where it's at for me. So... I would like to have like a blue eyes and a dark magician again, maybe from the, uh, they have a, a cards that were in, that were in the dark dual stories games that have like a unique hollow pattern. Those are actually mm-hmm. some of the most sought after blue eyes and, uh, 
Dark Magician, and they have the Exodia head in that hollow pattern as well. So maybe I'll get those one day, but yeah, it would have it would have to be the OG Blue Eyes artwork from the from the anime because it's so much tied to that. You know, the Legend of Blue Eyes has a different artwork, but I guess that's the true gem of the hobby. But it's more about the anime for me. But yeah, I don't think Pokemon should be worried about them though. I mean, nope. the, the playability been- scene is pretty much declined in my opinion they there was a game store back home for me that advertises it but they put on their game board you know they have pokemon two nights a week magic like three nights a week and Yu-Gi-Oh just gets like one night and it's like the same people playing it but yeah yeah i think it's going more towards the collectability aspect with some of the Yu-Gi-Oh. And not everybody feels like playing in the tournaments. They might just play with friends, you know. And but they shouldn't be worried at all because they've been competitors now for twenty plus years or twenty years, whatever it is. And they're still both doing just fine. So Anigio isn't setting the, the scene on anything. Yeah. And while we both have nostalgic, we both love Yu-Gi-Oh. We both have Yu-Gi-Oh cards. It's. We have taken priorities personally. Now, there could be other people that think differently than us, and, you know, I'm sure they have their hair podcast, too. <laughs> but if you I mean, if you collect Yu-Gi-Oh, all the power to you. It's it's a great TCG to collect. It's a great TCG to play. I love playing it with by your own rules. And the anime and the IP overall is just, is just fantastic. And I think there's room enough for both Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Magic. <laughs> yep. They'll they'll all three be strong. Those of course are the big ones. And uh yeah, they'll all have their place. Yu-Gi-Oh! is you know really similar to Pokemon in that it's like sliding more towards collectability now and strong fan base. However, you know, it's not as big as Pokemon, of course. And then yeah, Magic I think still holds the playability area. Um they're definitely yeah. kings in that regard, absolutely. Yep. And of course, you know, the yep. alpha and beta sets from Magic are highly collectible, but, I mean, that's just because they're so rare and old. You don't really have that ongoing collectability, per se. But, yeah, how about some lesser-known card games? So, essentially, we're not saying any of these next ones we're talking about, you know, should have Pokemon worried, but... We do want to explore some of their strengths and weaknesses and how they fit into the hobby. So, yeah, what so, you got for us? Uh, well, we, there is a couple. I mean, obviously, some ha- didn't last long. Uh, you have the Harry Potter TCG. Yeah, there, there was a TCG with Harry Potter. And people uh, have been opening that again now. Those are getting a little surge because people are just like opening them for fun. But they're semi-collectible. And some of the pulls in there are hard to get, so you're kind of seeing those creep up a bit. But. And the Harry Potter, the Harry Potter fan base is pretty rabid. Yeah, I was getting ready to say <laughs> like, it's I, all because of the fan base. Like, yeah, I would say like I know a lot of Harry Potter fans, and they are all obsessed with it. They'll just go ahead and I mean, I watch the movies. I still watch the movies like every year. But the books are unreadable as an adult now. It is unreadable. 
but you know these folks are just so in love with it they just keep on reading it and i was like how can you read that stuff it is it's harry or potter or at least skip just, to like the last three books or something oh like my God. the first it ones is, yeah are atrocious i mean the ride i mean i okay i loved it as a kid not to see the fan base, but no one's going to confuse J.K. Rowling with the Ernest Hemingway. You know, yeah. it's not going to be Old Man in the Sea or The Sun Also Rises or Cobra to Arms, any of that. You know, it's it's not award-winning literature. And or Tolkien, it's interesting. Like, I was always or, or a Lord, Tolkien, I was yeah. Lord of the Rings guy through and through, so I don't... Like, I could watch Lord of the Rings, like... Over and over and over again. The new show, Rings of Power, has just gotten me oh, to wa- yeah. wanting to watch the old ones again. I have seen the first movie probably over 200 times at this point. I think I'm, I'm, I'm confident to start saying that. I'm saying over 100 times now for over five years. I watch these movies several times. I would say about once a month at least. Um, yeah. Sometimes the Fellowship, it's more. I don't always finish it. Like, I'll turn it on. And I've only seen like the whole trilogy probably like 40 or 50 times. Uh, only, uh, but yeah, um, I mean, those are just amazing movies, but hey, again, Harry Potter has its own rabbit fan base and, you know, they had their short lived wizards unite, uh, through Niantic that didn't live, that didn't last too long. Plus how messed up is that? Like they had that game going, which is like Harry Potter's Pokemon go essentially for those who don't Mm know. And yeah, they were just. They straight up just shut the game down, and everybody who played all the years they've worked for, it it was just gone. And, you know, that could happen to anything, but granted, Pokemon isn't going anywhere. But Well, Pokemon is what keeps them going. Yeah, so it's it was surprising when that shut down. People were mad, but, you know, that's just the world of Harry Potter. I mean, aside from... You know, Universal Studios or wherever it's at. You know, people who go there every year because they're mentally insane. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. As as opposed to spending uh, equivalent of a trip to Europe going to Disney. <laughs> yeah, which we'll touch on that too when we talk about the Disney TCG. But yeah, it, it's cool. I love the movies as well. But man, it's like, I don't know. Even the movies are cringe at times. Honestly, like they have, they keep the charm of the books, which I think is why I still watch them. But like, there are some cringe moments uh, in those movies, and I, we all know eventually WB is gonna rehash that. Like, okay, here we go. Let's start. Let's get like make more Harry Potter movies. Who is the next Harry Potter? Here we go again. Yeah, and yeah, like that's a franchise that is one hundred percent getting rebooted, in my opinion. Um. I know they're trying to stretch it with Fantastic Beasts, but I say about twenty, thirty years, they're gonna they're gonna reboot those movies. But anyways, the TCG is pretty defunct, but the fan base is what's keeping it alive. Like it looks like five hundred dollars for a sealed booster box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's just a thing for sure. But you know, going nowhere as far as the playability and defunct. Yeah. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, too, they had some TCG cards when the movies came out that some of the actors actually signed. Like, they had the actor sign the card of their character in the movie. Those are pretty cool. Um, I've thought about picking up some of those, and they have it for each movie. Like, they have Fellowship, 
Towers and Return of the King and some of those fellowship ones early on, like a Frodo Elijah Wood signed card is, you know, a couple hundred bucks. They're they're cool. So Harry Potter kind of fits in that category. They're just kind of gaining momentum because they're semi-collectible and the franchise is so big. Like, it's not going to be anything crazy, but, you know, people want it. So Now, there's actually a few you can kind of group in with Harry Potter. You can group in uh, Naruto. Yep. Naruto is kind of in the same boat. The old DBZ... Like well, the old DBZ, but I I think okay, so we're, we're gonna get it. We can't. We're, Naruto gets about two lines that that sounds about deserving. I know there's some some YouTubers that love Naruto. There's some okay, other I love ones. The show. There's some other yeah, ones too, I, real quick, like the OG Kingdom Hearts, TCG. Okay, yep. You got the Marvel. Yeah, Marvel in there. But, Although some of those Marvel cards are pretty crazy expensive because people are nuts for Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is going to have a fan base. Yeah, that's going to come into play in our Disney talk, too. They got potential. Yes, but yeah, what were you going to say about DBZ? Okay. I collected, to an extent, the Dragon Ball Z cards back in the day. I was obsessed with Dragon Ball Z. I mean, to show how much of a big fan I am, I have Goku tatted on my back. So if that if that gives you an idea of like how hardcore I was into the Dragon Ball uh, franchise, I have every single movie on or every single episode of Dragon Ball Z, and the good portion of Dragon Ball on VHS. I showcase it. I have every movie on uh, every other movie that is on VHS on DVD of the Dragon Ball Z. Um, have the Dragon Ball GT DVDs. I have the Dragon Ball Z Kai on Blu-ray. I have the Dragon Ball Z, or the Dragon Ball Super, the whole series on Blu-ray. I have the manga. Got <laughs> everything. I got yeah. I mean, I I mean, it's it's probably my next biggest collection after uh, after Pokemon, I would say. Um, and some of their so their older cars are kind of plain. Um, they got like power levels on the side. They had uninspired art. And it was just cool just to see your characters printed. Like, if you're a fan of the show, it was just cool to see uh, your yeah. favorite characters printed. We didn't even we didn't even play. I felt I thought it was kind of kind of confusing, honestly, as a kid. I, I just remember seeing all the cool power levels and all these cool different characters. I'm like, oh, I got to collect all my favorite characters. That's kind of how I saw it. Um, Those are the ones I know. Is the ones with the power levels, like. Mm-hmm. I know they're kind of collectible, but they're not like, yeah, they're not insane. Some of the boxes are pretty pricey, though. I feel like they fit in the Harry Potter, um, like other Maybe old the TCG. Yeah, yeah, because they're Maybe they're the like the out there and they're cool, but I think they, that's in part because of the new card game, Dragon Ball Super. Yeah, well, the, the Dragon Ball Z, the art is just as bad as like the Harry Potter art, honestly, and. Even the Digimon art is pretty, is pretty bad. But uh, it's overall obviously not as good. But when they started up again with Dragon Ball Super, the cards they are making now 
are really gorgeous in my opinion. They they don't have the same narrative that you have with Pokemon. The the, the vibrant backgrounds. Well, it's more texture based and more um, color based. It's almost like there an alt art in a way, but like in some ways, yeah. In some ways, yeah. They look there, really I mean, there cool. Are some, mm-hmm, there are some cards that that do that do kind of have that, but not as much as. Not as successfully as Pokemon, I guess I sh- is how I should say it. Um, and there's some of them I actually would love to to have, and they're not really that expensive. Yeah, honestly, there are some if you get them like CGC ten, but some of the Ultra Instinct, like this one of Beerus, like the like the colors are just so vibrant. When it's I like they've learned from their mistakes. Yeah, when I first saw like Pokemon kind of back on the uptick. And I was, um, you know, really getting back into it probably 2019, like Dragon Ball Super was really taking off again. Like it, it just been, it's been kind of a new thing, but it was gaining traction essentially. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool. I was looking at the Goku, like the main Goku card. I think it's like Sun Goku, the Awakened Power. Yeah, I think that's the one with the Ultra, Ultra Instinct, isn't it? Uh, I think so. They pretty much like it was a chase card, and it was going for about five hundred bucks raw. And yeah, I almost picked that card up. It's now like a thousand dollar card raw, but a couple thousand dollars in a ten. It's just a really cool card, but you know, I still had Pokemon stuff to buy, so I didn't bother with that. But. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at some of them now. They, like, there's this Broly card. Wow, that's sick. Like, some of them are pretty incredible. They definitely, uh, yeah, they definitely got it on the art style for sure. Mm hmm. And that's great for its collectability because there are a lot of hardcore Dragon Ball Z collectors or Dragon Ball. I can't tell you how many people that I've seen within Dragon Ball community that collect those um, figurines, mm-hmm. statues, figurines, and um, very detailed action figures and, and toys. There's some hardcore collectors, and some of these things are several hundred, even upwards of $1,000. And you can really only get them in Japan. Like A lot of these are Japan exclusives, and there's a lot of people that just go absolutely crazy for them. And people that have whole cases dedicated to showing off these these statues and really as like works of art and that's the now is there overlap with those who collect that in tcg i think if you're that much of a fan of of super or dragon ball Mm -hmm. i think there is a lot of a lot of overlap because it is a very loyal fan base there's a reason why they won't let akiri toriyama and i forget the 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 guy the name of the guy that's basically the current Hider for it. There's a reason why they won't let them stop. They mm-hmm. won't allow them to stop because they want more and more and more. It's been going for almost 40 years, and yeah, it has no nuts. end in sight. A movie that I love, by the way, I saw in theaters. <laughs> I just just liked the Broly one, and that movie was incredibly successful. Um, not as successful as the Broly movie, but I mean, Goku Vegeta Broly Frieza. I mean, you're it's, you're, gonna, you're gonna find it difficult to. 
a, a battle royale like that, you're not going to be able to touch that. Even Gohan is my favorite character, but Gohan Piccolo, strong character, is not strong enough to overshadow Goku. Yeah. Everybody knows Goku. Everybody. I mean, <laughs> he's just as big as Superman in a lot of ways. People know Goku. He's mentioned in rap songs. Kamehameha is mentioned in rap songs. I mean, yeah, like, like it's, it's really, just huge. Really strong characters. Yeah, probably like as far as anime goes, the one that keeps up the most with Pokemon. Um, or arguably stronger than Pokemon. I think that's just really a place where it shines. And then, yeah, the, the TCG just... Just being the scope that it is just really does well, especially in recent years with collectability for sure. But yeah, once again, like, I'm I mean, gonna have to start I'm gonna have to start getting into this, man. Like I knew I knew I knew that it was around. Um, but I was also focused sometimes you get so focused on your goals and everything else that you kind of lose sight of some of the things that are happening on your your peripheral view vision. And, you know, I got into a bunch of groups for all these TCGs to kind of get a feel of the communities, a feel for um, uh, some of the artwork and just the vibe of, of these TCGs and the culture around these TGs, TCGs. And I fed head, head over heels when I start seeing some of these artwork cards. I'm like, oh, man. Like the one with all fantasy with Kamehameha. Then there's one where I think it has like uh, all three of them Kamehameha with Goten, Trunks, Gohan. I mean, yeah. the artwork is just definitely com is comparable to Pokemon, obviously, but its reach isn't. That's the biggest thing. Its reach hasn't gotten to the point. And the TC in the TCG aspect, I don't know how many people actually play. It. I do know they they revamped uh, before Super. They did re you it um but yeah as far as the super goes i mean it's okay it's struggling a little bit but oh my god this yeah they they just have some good stuff as far as artwork and collectability mm -hmm. so that's my gonna be i might I'm, if they have honestly oh this <laughs> one right here yeah anyways if they <laughs> Uh, that might be something I might if they got some some cheap options for, for like I don't want to spend a ton on, on these on these cards is the yeah. thing is I want them for the artwork but I'm not trying to make money off these things I, I just want them for the collection and I think if they have them at the KC kind of I have to put... start saying you're gonna some. you're gonna probably see some for sure absolutely I'm I'm ready I'm ready right here let's go <laughs> but, but yeah. uh I mean is there any other ones you wanted to mention aside from Jumping into Disney. Uh, well, we haven't forget. I mean, you have you forgotten about something? Maybe Demon Slayer. Uh, I was gonna say MetaZoo. Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> MetaZoo. I almost yeah, totally how you, forgot. <laughs> how could you forget about MetaZoo? Well, <laughs> I think I think that's a testament to how much I actually pay attention to MetaZoo. Hmm. So, yeah, I am not, first off, I I like what they're doing. They're trying to, you know, do the thing. They're trying to get, like, a nostalgic feel to the card game with the art style. I do think they 
have an art style extremely close to like OG Pokemon, Ken Sugimori. They've pretty much like said that was their goal. They have a lot of people who are heavily involved in Pokemon as far as the hobby goes, working for MetaZoo, especially in their marketing and getting it out there. I think they did a really good job at planning it all out. You know, it's it's pretty solid. They kind of went overboard with the collectability as far as making like variants and Kickstarter version and all that. They just being they, able to purchase air cards directly from their site. Yeah, they got like they went the way of magic in the last like handful of years where it's just over the top too much. Like they did that from the get go. And they could have really built something that, you know, felt genuine. But just the timing of it and then how they went about it and then all the yeah, variants and hype driven. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. It's driven off the hype. Yeah, it's just driven off the hype. And I don't know, it's inorganic. It never felt organic to me. But I've been in the hobby. You know, I'd like to see or talk to like some of the kids who go to the store and see MetaZoo and just pick it up because um, it's in Target now. So it'd be interesting to see like what they think. Like, oh, yeah, I just picked up this MetaZoo pack and I really like it. Those are the people that should have been, you know, at the ground floor. And it might be too late to bring that on, but maybe not because they're in Target now. But I don't know. Essentially, you have to, like, capture that audience. And a lot of the audience that was captured in the heyday of MetaZoo, I feel like, were the super stonkers and... You know, we're there because of the crypto craze, the TCG craze, Pokemon craze, and it was just another craze. And I worry that that is the majority of people. They've really had some hiccups with their print runs here on this last UFO set. You've been seeing some pretty big names who are involved in storefronts and on YouTube, even big dealers that have been really concerned with MetaZoo with this last UFO set and the current state of the markets. So we we will see. Time will tell. I think they could still be a player um, in collectability and maybe playability. I say maybe because I haven't really explored playability. But, yeah, that, that core audience, the random people who haven't heard anything, if they buy it at the store and have a good experience, like that's what they need to succeed. Well, supposedly they, uh, oh, well, I gotta say their subreddit only has about 500 people. And if it were organic, it would be much more than 500. Um, yeah. There's, their Facebook groups, what I could see, all have less than 8,000 or so. Um, very minimal likes, which means my guess is if the subreddits are this this dead, there must be a lot of communication on the financial end and various discords that I'm not interested in joining. <laughs> uh, but that's the only thing. Oh, I, I look at that. It's actually right there. It's right on their site. Join the MetaZoo Discord. And let's, let's go take a look. So this is a live reaction to me clinking on the Discord. <laughs> 
And it's it's a very tight knit group too. I want to point out like, yeah, it's cool. They have those groups, but it's like people, I don't know. It's just a very tight knit group, which is cool for a community, but you gotta like expand. You gotta get out there. And like I said, have the genuine experience of someone random. And when the whole thing is based off hype and capitalizing on that hype, that's how you pretty much create a bubble. And I know the first edition, the, the Cryptid Nation, the very first set, was at one point I think it was going for like $1,300. Now it looks like they can be bought for around 500 Yeah. And I would honestly, I could see that continuing to fall. Um. This lack of organic interest and playability is going to lead to an unsuccessful TCG. And I do see some of the pros in the art. I I do. Some of it also, the art makes it, it look like the highlight magazines. Y'all remember those? Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones where you could like, oh, find these items and, you know, do this maze or, or whatever. A lot of the art kind of feels like that, almost like this generic animated cartoon meant to be palatable to children. There are there are some works that do look good, and the foil looks good, but I don't think there's enough of that, in my opinion anyways, to keep people engaged. Maybe they can continue building on it, but if you don't have good artwork, we've seen... What's the, what's the most common thing we've seen with the ones that have failed? The artwork isn't there on these cards. That's one of the most common things that, that we've seen. It's yeah. just plain. It's boring. People that collect cards do so for artwork, nostalgia, interest, scarcity, whatever. Their Pokemon, in this case, or in, in our cases, I guess it would be cryptids. Um, your favorite, your favorite cryptid. They are oh, and uh, supposedly they are going to have a show. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I will watch it. I will watch it. I do want to. Well, a lot of people like I was reading in the uh, in the Hedazoo subreddit and like yeah, there's supposedly a show unless it got canceled or something. But I think it was like in sometime in 2023. Huh. And yeah. And, like, some of the people that are commenting, it's going to be DOA. <laughs> Maybe if that happens, then the TCG's done. Like, it, 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 it is done. Like, there is no recovering it if there isn't a success. Maybe that, way down the road, people can find it and... Had this collector's value to it, but as you mentioned, like if these kids aren't interested in, that's never going to happen. And there do see some people genuinely interested in these cards, and I feel for those people that might get burned. But just the fact that I don't, I think there's a lot of unsavory or savory, depending on the way you want to look at it, aspects that led to the hype and drive of MetaZoo, including a lot of individuals who who received who knows who knows how much money or who knows what all incentives they had to really press these products for Metazoo. Mm-hmm. Because I do think a lot of them received money or had some sort of piece of the pie 
or promise that a contract, whatever, in regards to finances. There was a lot of that driving it up. There's a lot of people that were dri- have been driven, but MetaZoo has been financially based, not organic interest in collectability and playability. That's not the keys to have a successful TCG long term. We've seen what are some of the things we've seen so far with successful TCGs? Lo- loyal fan bases, first off, and good playability artwork is another. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, nostalgia. The thing, yeah, the biggest thing for me is just, I don't know. It's just like what you just said. All the people I see pumping it, it's all about the stonkies. They've been in the mm-hmm. hobby or other hobbies, and they just like taken up MetaZoo as like a a project to like jump on board and make some money. So it's like I see a lot of that, and I don't know. Like you said, I don't see much organic growth there. The biggest thing is just people trying to shove it down your throats, like. You can tell, like, the posts are kind of not genuine. They're like, oh, hey, new set, UFO, giving some away. I don't know. It's just a weird vibe. And, you know, I hate to talk like that on new TCG, but, I mean, it's... I'm sure there are true fans to it, and I'm not trying to say, you like, what what you like is bad. But I, I just think there's a lot of questionable ethics that has occurred to in business practice that occurred within this hobby and within various other TCGs communities to increase uh, the marketability and the exposure of this TCG. And I think some people might be caught holding the bag in some regard. There's a lot of people that I've even seen some people that they're trying to sell as much as they can. They got all this product. they're They're just trying to sell it right now. And it's been sitting there like it's a huge amount of product from MetaZoo. It's been sitting there for months, and nobody wants it. Mm-hmm. And it's several thousand dollars. Worth. I think that, that should that should tell you a lot as well. Like mm-hmm. it's good steel product. Like it's some of the first sets, <laughs> or lot, what should be good steel product. Excuse me. A lot of people I know who have it are like, yeah, those who are pretty much like they don't even open it. I don't know a single person outside of social media that has the product that actually enjoys it and like opens it or like plays the game. It's like they have a box and they're holding on to it. And that's about it. They're hoping it does stonks. Yeah. I mean, who knows? The show could be successful. If the show is successful, I think we'll have to revisit this, this conversation. Yeah. If the show's successful, I mean, and it takes off, especially something like crazy. I was wrong and I'll eat. My words. Yeah, it could be the biggest donks of all time. But and those people, ha, huh, they're like, oh, you got me, yeah, you you got me. I was wrong, one hundred percent. Yeah, but we'll see. But other than that, I mean, we have Disney entering the game. So all the things we've talked about prior to now, you know, even Magic and Yu Gi Oh, despite Magic's. You know, Crown being in playability and Yu-Gi-Oh's nostalgic TV show for millions of us. Nothing quite compares to Disney itself. Disney's got that generation nostalgia on tap. Yeah, they this, have this is the, the Pokemon bag. of the U.S. 
Like yep. Pokemon is the highest grossing media franchise ever. But Disney is a, the biggest player by far out of anything else that we've seen before. And they're entering the TCG space in 2023. About this time next year, we should be on the brink of a set release for Disney. Which is going to be botted to the ground. I know they're going to print it ungodly, but they are going to bot that thing. You thought the special delivery Charizard was bad? Oh, wait. You thought $100 popcorn bins from Walt Disney was bad? Haven't even seen it. <laughs> but no, I think I think they are going to print a ungodly amount of this. So there might be initial hype, uh, people wanting it. There'll be a lot of people keeping it sealed. Everybody and their moms going to be keeping it sealed. The first booster box, but it's going to be ridiculous how much they're going to have it probably everywhere. They're going to be they're going to be giving out for free probably at their uh, at their uh, parks. I'm sure. Yeah. They're like, oh, have a complimentary pack. You know, trying to push it. So yeah, I. Remind me of something special to show you. But, yeah, I mean, Disney, especially with their parks, I mean, people, like I said, these crazy people, they go to Disneyland every single year, spend thousands of dollars just going, spend thousands more buying things that they've seen year after year. There's people who go multiple times a year. I mean, it is a huge thing. It's popular for the... 50-year-old parents, it's popular for the five-year-old kids. Their intellectual properties at this point are insane. You know, of course, they got all the Disney stuff. But just think about Marvel. Think about Star Wars. They could go, like, crazy. One, They said that they're not going to do the Marvel and Star Wars. Though. I mean, but that could change. They, they own the rights to these, so that could change at any time. I think they'll try to stay away from it. Um, you know, I think Lorcana comes from like just lore. Like they want to explore Disney lore. And granted, it's big enough to where they could just really go crazy for a long time. I think they will eventually expand. And uh, one TCG we didn't mention earlier is Wee Schwartz. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as playability, like, I don't think it's there. I think it's all collectability for Wii Sports. But what they do great is that they have a core card game and they expand into these other IPs. Like they have like Attack on Titan and stuff like that. They can branch out to a wide variety of anime. Um, just pretty, especially on the Japanese side. Like you should see how many sets they have. Disney could be that with their own card game. And it can essentially be, like, within Disney only. They have every Disney movie. They could make a set based off of every Disney movie if they wanted Expand to. Expand artwork, create new characters, do uh, build on existing characters. I mean, they even said... They, this this comes... This is the exact words. Uh, exact words from uh, Vice President of Product Design at Disney, John Balin is on this Lorcana set is the breadth and scope of Disney's characters represented in this game will be unprecedented and it will contain more original Disney artwork than any other single product ever created. Our dedicated Disney product design team has enjoyed collaborating with Ravensburger and Walt Disney Animation Studios partners to create a unique Disney experience for fans of all ages to take home. 
So you're talking about never before seen artwork that that are not even in the movies, not in shows. Who they're even almost like they're, Disney has shown they're willing to incorporate the multiverse even within their own movies. Pixar is well, Disney does own Pixar, but Pixar is also separate in, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, Pixar that whole play that everything made by Pixar is in its own universe. It's all in the same universe. Yeah. And Disney it has, has shown the willingness that they're willing to do this with their movies as well. I mean, literally the possibilities are endless on what they could do. And they have Ravensburger. Uh, they make the villainous board games. Um, estimated that I think they, they've sold like 3 million Marvel villainous board games. So, and the art there are pretty cool. Unique art as well. They have it for a lot of different IPs within the Disney name as well with the Ravensburger uh, villainous series. And I expect Disney to go hard on this. They, and and another thing that they have is they're trying to hit hit another niche. You know how Pokemon has its own niche? And they're the king of that own niche within the younger, but people that are still involved in video games and even to distant fantasy, obviously, and magic is purely in the world of fantasy. Yeah. So those, those are each their own niche. There are some people that are kind of turned off on that. Not as much Pokemon, because Pokemon's more universal in, in a lot of ways, like, because they're fun for all ages. And, but with Magic, it definitely has its own niche with fantasy. And a lot of people, the moment you t- do fantasy, it's got, it's got this stigma. Some people have never grown out of high school with their with their mentality. And the stigma of like, I mean, it's true though. Yeah, I, I, it I, is. I, I know somebody at work that's kind of like that. He, he gives me crap for this podcast. I'm, I'm big with Pokemon. I have this podcast. And, you know, and then I like, oh, yeah, what about your fantasy sports, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or, or, I mean, it's just, there there is a stigma to it, to a lot of people, still to this day. But Disney, that's a whole new niche. You're talking already out the gate. You're talking four generations, pretty much, that might be interested in the TCG. You're talking about the grandparents with their with their grandchildren, and they get to play this game and collect and, and share it with their grandkids, movies that they both love. I mean, you got movies like Bambi, uh, Fantasia, Snow White, Dumbo, Cinderella. I mean, there's a bunch of old school movies. Uh, the, the Jungle Book. I mean, the new ones like Lion King, Frozen. I mean, there's so many, so many routes that they could choose with this yeah. by it, going after this niche that already out the gate, it's already creating its own share, market share. And that's only going to continue to grow as it gets closer and word spreads. And by the way, within the next couple of days, tomorrow supposedly at three, they're they're releasing the uh, preliminary prototypes at their D twenty three exhibit expos. That's where they release all their you know they have a bunch of booths there, showcase some upcoming events. Yeah, it's like the Collecticon of Disney. It's like yeah. their yearly event. Mm-hmm. And speaking and, of which, hang on a second, I got right. something special to share with you. So, yeah, the cards are supposed to be revealed tomorrow at the D23 Expo. But I found some images that have just went online three hours ago. 
That's... When I was at work? Oh, man. Did, I, did you not tell me? I was so, so busy getting this ready with the podcast. So this is something <laughs> Philip has not known. We're going to get his live reaction here. There's an article on Polygon that I will link in the description. But they give some of the biggest details on the Lorcana set that is set to be revealed tomorrow. And holy cow. This is going to be big, y'all. Do you see that? Essentially, we're looking at some cards. They've released like a Stitch, Elsa, Corilla Deville, Maleficent, Captain Hook. Yeah, Robin Hood. I mean, that art, that art of Captain Hook's pretty cool. That's pretty menacing. And this is the you know first time art for the for, for, for these characters. <laughs> of course, they do Elsa. <laughs> That so one's it, pretty good, though. It's almost that like good. it looks like the artwork looks really good. It takes up about mm -hmm. two thirds of the card. Yeah, and they have full, you know, they have the name, like Elsa, for example. They have Elsa, Snow Queen, and then the, off to the right, they have like a two and a three, which looks like to be attack and defense. Mm -hmm. There's also a number at the top left, which might be like their casting costs, like similar to mana. Oh, they got Robin Hood. Yeah. Oh man, I I love that movie. They have like sub categories of their description. Like Elsa is dreamborn, hero, queen, sorcerer. So I'm sure there's going to be cards that like if you have a sorcerer in play, blah blah blah. Because Corella Deville is storyborn villain. So there's dreamborn, there's storyborn, there's hero villains, there's subcategories. So they got types. So the only thing I'm seeing with these cards, though, is there's not, there doesn't appear to be any texture. So, are, like, and yeah. we're trying to see, let's see. I think these are just the stock images, but if you look at the bottom of the card, though, they actually have, like, a set number, and they have D23 Expo first. Yeah, I see that. But I'm trying to see, well, you don't think first means first edition, do you? I think because they're that, going that, that all would, out. Like, you think they're really going to do first edition? Like, there's a reason why Pokemon stays away from that. Because, I mean, they already have issues sometimes. Like, back in the day, let or me, a lot of times getting people to buy the items. But Let me, let me just read no. you this thing from the bottom, though. Go down, and there's a Mickey Mouse card. So, here's what the Maybe article says as far as the stuff goes. Yeah. Developers, I haven't even had time to read it. Yeah, developers tell Polygon that the characters and abilities in the special D23 Expo Collector Set will also appear in Disney Lorcana, the first chapter. So the first Disney set is going to be called Disney Lorcana, the first chapter. But so the cards... The set symbol. Yeah, the cards you're seeing here is like a special sneak peek collector set, like a pre-release box. And then these cards will also be featured in that set. So I think these cards will have the D23 Expo and the first edition marked on them as like a distinction. But if you read on, it says they will also be marked with, you know, the D23 Expo and first edition symbols. This set will be for sale during the convention for $50. So you can buy all these cards in a box for 50 bucks. Only those present at the convention itself will be able to receive the Mickey Mouse card, which is not included in the D23 Expo Collector set. They're already creating. 
So this Mickey Seriously? Mouse card is a convention exclusive that is also exclusive to the set that you can actually buy there. So is that is that for this this weekend? Because I'm I'm trying to read as fast as I can, but also listening to you and maintaining the the conversation. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, tomorrow at the convention, people can buy this special box, which has six cards in oh. it for fifty bucks. Have we checked to see if this is on eBay yet? It I don't. Twenty three. I don't think it was known aside from three hours ago. So uh, yeah, I know, but maybe somebody put it up for. Uh, I mean, people are people have UPC pre-orders up. Christ. <laughs> uh, I mean, here D twenty three Expo Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I was looking to. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be a lot of stuff. It's gonna Lorcana, Mickey Mouse, maybe. This is like pretty early. Like nobody has posted on this yet. Of course, by the time you're hearing this, like people should have posted and it's going to be out. But this is like, as we're speaking, this is like unknown knowledge to most people. First edition. So they're going to be doing first edition out, out the gate. So they're going to be purposely creating very limited quantities, which is, I mean, that makes sense. But the, what, what Disney does with... I mean, you you remember, I mean, I always thought it was to maintain copyright things, like the copyright laws. They'd be like, the Disney vault is only opening for the short time. Get here for the limited exclusive or uh, the diamond or the whatever edition of Lion King or, or the uh, Bambi or whatever. And then you want to be able to buy, obviously, we were talking early 2000s when <laughs> yeah. you, you kind of, it was harder to like, most people didn't have like a VHS Ripper, you couldn't really copy that, and with DVDs, I was still like a DVD-R was still very young and very expensive, very expensive. The CDRs obviously were a little more common, but the fact that they are doing this, I mean, they're they're ready to throw hands. Yeah, I mean, they're a lot of a lot of people just thought, yeah, it's just oh TCG, but. They've really planned this out. I think that D23 logo and the first edition might be just special to this promo set. Yeah, I could see that. Because it says first edition symbols, but I, th- I figured it would be the first the first chapter for, for the set. That might be so, it because the set's called the first chapter. Maybe the bottom symbol is going to be a centered set symbol, and that first logo might be the... The you know first chapter and that D twenty three expo won't be there, but so there's the two thing, logos because it's the actual D twenty three version. So that's probably what it is, like you said. So I mean, they're already the artwork's solid, but I want to see a little bit more texture and flow. I feel like what we're seeing is equivalent to the V cards right now. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm seeing these cards as being the equivalent of they. They kind of got that feel. They, I mean, the design is kind of like kind of has that magic feel in some ways, doesn't it? Obviously, they yeah, kind of. But, but like just the way it's framed and the borders. But you know, I, I will say, it's something that can also say towards it is, it's almost. Too dis—I don't, I don't want to use the word discreet, but almost too 
systematic in, in their structure. And I think it, things, you know, Nihi looks symmetrical, but just the way you got, like, this Captain Hook, this one, two, and then, like, it's all kind of blocked. And then you have cha- the, the moves, and that's kind of looks almost like another block as well. I don't know. It just looks... Yeah. That that that, like that looks kind of that. I mean, I it just looks kind of not as creative as what I was expecting. But the artwork itself, the 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 seen artworks look great. Like the Captain Hook one, the Stitch one, Corel Deville looks gorgeous with the uh, with the lighting and the smoke. If this green, this green smoke, this menacing menacing aura and presence. Yeah. And you know, then you got. Robin Hood with more of this charm with kind of like how it was in the movies a little bit. It captures that charm within within the movies that you had with the with with the backgrounds and and the lighting. And I think it's great that they actually included him in these first eight cards. Yeah. I I, I know really like the design and the seeing this has got me hyped. Like I was always hyped for the potential, but it's like out of all the TCGs that came and went, like this one is the one that has the potential, especially seeing this. And it does say in this article that I forgot to mention you talking about the uh, texture. It says the the collector's set of cards at the convention, the ones we're seeing now, will feature a unique foil treatment. So they, oh, man. they will be foil. And I'm so just here's, I'm saying now. Thing. Oh, I was just going to say now that if this does become a thing, like these cards is going to be the, almost like the illustrator. Yeah, these cards are going to be the top, like unless they come out with some rare first edition promo type things. This Mickey Mouse card that you only get at the convention, this is going to be the first edition Charizard. So yeah. I'm going to want to get these cards. I might try yep. to get a box. They're probably going to yep. be pretty expensive. Yep. But <laughs> <laughs> like that's pretty much what I was thinking. I was like, oh god, here we go. Here we go. This is something where so Disney is Pokemon we don't have to worry about that as much, right? This is with Pokemon one of the things they do well. They don't do number cards. They they stay away from that. They don't do first editions anymore. Um for various reasons. Like imagine if they had first editions for Evolving Skies or for uh Vivid Voltage when it was already love little print runs. I mean Jesus. I asked somebody rip a hands of hidden fates. This is without rip an ETB box of hidden face from my hands. That wasn't even first edition. What would people wanting first edition do? I mean you're talking about people pretty much fighting right there in the in the, in the card aisle because it, of the money it's worth. And this is why I'm glad Pokemon doesn't do this because of how hostile some folks could get over this. And yeah. I don't know if Disney will do that out of the gate, but here's what I got to say about this Lorcana box is right now it's like you've, you've, it's been on various, um, you've seen people post about it. I think Robin's Burger, they're, I don't know if he even had like a thousand likes when I last looked at it, whenever they posted about it um, on, on their Facebook page. What I'm saying is a lot of people aren't paying, paying attention to this right now with this TCG. It's so far away. Nobody's paying attention. Um, how many people are going to be paying attention within the Pokemon TCG 
people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people, if you're not paying attention right now, this might be a short window. If they go on e- on eBay and if they're like 100 bucks, I might go ahead and buy it right then and there. Not even think twice. Don't care if it, it might go to 50. Just get it. Because I think the hype, even if the TCG doesn't take off like we think it might be, it doesn't matter. People are still going to want these cars. People are going to want Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse, everybody loves Mickey Mouse, okay? Who hates Mickey Mouse? <laughs> I, uh, uh, I just joined the Lurkana Discord server that the Reddit on, community on, is using. Yeah, I'm on the, <laughs> I'm on the Facebook pages. I didn't even think to check the, uh, the subreddit, though. How many people are in this subreddit? Um, I was just checking. 282 members right now. Woo! <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So, so yeah, I'm going to be joining the subreddit to keep tabs. The official post of the cards that we just talked about was posted an hour ago on the subreddit. So, And then the Discord, people are going crazy. I'm looking at it right now. How many people are in that Discord? Uh, I think only 50 something. Well, okay. So we're, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's, that's fine. Um, everybody's going to be thinking the same thing. I'm just going to be trying to get one. Someone um, posted on here. Apparently they're selling 300 sets a day, 900 total. So 900 of these sets are going to exist. Plus the Mickey card. How many people are even going to be thinking about putting this on eBay, too? <laughs> we got to get them. This is going to... got to go to Florida. We got to go to Florida right now. Let's do it. Oh, God. I'm off tomorrow. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, no, I think... I'm, I'm sure the tickets are expensive, too. But, I mean, it might, it might be worth it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying maybe we should <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm I'm definitely gonna be trying to get them i mean geez who knows what these could be i mean this is really gonna judge the hype it might be too early but i mean at most between the subreddit and discord 300 something people i don't think they'll be going up that crazy but i mean if this becomes no, a hot topic I, in a year and a half 900 people i mean like I said, I um, I think if if you're hearing this, if if you can, I think it's worth it to try to try to see if if it goes for two hundred, I'm I, I'm I might even buy it. Honestly, I I know that seems like whoa whoa <laughs> they haven't released their first set, Philip. Jesus, hold your horses. But I mean, I just think this is impossible. Too, almost too big to fail in, in some ways. And, yeah, so this Lorcana TCG, twenty. I'm the 21st member. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby. Right there. And yeah, it's going to be insane. We talk about how we missed too early. This is this is what MetaZoo wishes it could be. Yeah, we're not even, like, yeah, released or near it. We're just seeing these promos. My brother... But- my brother might, because he's got he's got kids as well, and it's like they're really into Disney right now. Like they're thinking about playing a trip. I told him it's like, well, good luck with, with that with that cost, all four of you. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean this is something that, like again, like right out the bat, generational, parents with kids, and collecting, 
this is a huge demographic that's being untouched that Pokemon can't tap. Yeah. That Magic can't tap. Yeah, I there's a very good chance in five years we're talking about Disney Pokemon Magic. Yeah, if they if the mechanics and gameplay is good or they keep doing like collectability like this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be insane. I yeah I. And these cards it. are going to be like a thousand dollars set. Yep. If this is like yep. a hot topic in two years, of how well the that. how well the TCG is that. doing. Like, yeah, this is I I I'm, I know I'm sound hyped, and because we are hyped, um, this is huge. You can be a fan of both. I love Disney. I love Pokemon. I love Dragon Ball Z, Super, whatever, all all, all of them. GT, no, not GT. Never mind. Uh, but, but uh, no, this is this is huge. The amount of IP that comes is because you you know what's next. Pick, eventually, it's going to lead to Pixar. Right now, they're focusing on Disney, but just just imagine an Incredibles, right? An incredible, incredible like uh, Frozone and Jack Jack. I just imagine what Hey Hey can do with with that IP. The the I mean the Incredibles two is probably or high been almost better than the first Incredibles. Like it was that good, and people still love it. Finding Nemo, um, I mean Wally, I I, I love Wally personally. Yeah, and, I like that I mean, too. Just, I mean just take your pick of any of these pictures. Toy Story. They actually uh, why Schwartz actually has access to that in the, in Japan, and they just released some cards for Toy Story in Japan. And those cards were gorgeous. And I, I imagine that I have no doubt that Disney is going to incorporate full art textures, multiple layers or secret rare and whatever, whatever rares that they want to call it. And yeah, it's, it's going to have some serious, beautiful art and it's going to have some serious collectability for anybody fans of Disney. Everybody remembers growing up with Disney. Everybody has those films that you just loved that, help make you who you are and that is something that pokemon has been able to create in just a short time everybody has that feeling of pokemon that that discovery that that sense of adventure that you have with the ip and with those characters and they become a part of you and a part of who you are and disney already has that they have generations of that developing and i mean yeah what else can be said? Yeah, it's just going to be nuts. I mean, to think that they can expand and all that. And yeah, the name is so cool. Like Lorcana exploring the lore. That Mickey card is based off of, uh, they said that in the article too, but I guess Mickey was featured in like 1938 as like a little tailor. So that's why he has like the scissors in you his hand. Oh, I, I mean, he was a sailor. Uh, th- that was his first one. He was the, what is it, the Steamboat Willie? Yeah. Which, yeah, I don't I don't even know, but I know that one was way back there. That that was actually a world featured in Kingdom Hearts, like all black and white world, which was kind of cool. Yeah. But, yeah, and his, his subcategory on this card is, yeah, Brave Little Taylor. So, I mean, they could pull from anything. Well, I think it's, it might be pulling from Fantasia, too, because was it – didn't he was he involved in Taylor in that movie as well? I know he was like a Wizard's Apprentice, but I thought there was a part where he was like a Taylor as well. But I could be wrong. It says it was an animated short in 1938. But yeah, they used to 
show them before, just like you know with WB and Looney Tunes. They they used to have them as shorts before the before movies. Yeah, looks like it was its own production by itself. So, but yeah, man, it's just gonna be crazy. I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to watch that all day tomorrow. I kind of want I for sure want a Mickey card, but I don't know if I'll do the whole set. But I might as well. well it comes as a whole set, doesn't it? I assume it comes as a whole set besides the, the Mickey card, right? Or no, you can you can buy it, right? isn't that right? So the, what did they say? The Mickey card. Okay, I haven't even been able to read the article. I'm so hyped. It says but, only uh, those present at the convention will be able to receive the Mickey Mouse card, which is not included in the collector's set. So it's almost like just by being there, you can get the Mickey card. So they might be handing these out at like the Lorcana booth. So the Mickey card might not be as expensive as this collector set, but the other seven will be because you have to pay for them. Just it's essentially comparable to the Munch promos with uh, um, how Mickey is what it is because you yeah. have to pay for it, and not everybody wants to pay for it because it's cards. Not everybody there cares about it. They don't understand how, how hype it is and i don't know how big the d23 is how many thousands of people are there how many people actually know to buy those cards or not yeah which adds another layer how many people are going to be able to are selling it i, I i'd be shocked if it's actually 900 i'd actually be, be shocked at that especially if they're if their thing draws thousands i would imagine it would be thousands not hundreds but yeah and 50 bucks i mean for six cards that's that's kind of pricey for, you know, I can only imagine the amount of other, you know, wasteful crap that they have to buy there. <laughs> so people... Popcorn I'm, buckets, 90 bucks. I'm sure people are going to be, uh, you know, showing away from $50 for six cards of like this random set. But, man, I don't know. It's just going to be crazy. I, I almost want to like dig out this subreddit and discord that someone that's actually there to like I'll pay you a hundred dollars right now <laughs> but I don't know it's just gonna be crazy but we need to move on I guess yeah, we, we can been, uh, we've been ranting yeah but I don't know I knew I knew we would kind of rant though for me slipping you that but it's it's worth it I mean yeah you know I'm, I'm hyped about this and you know I'm hyped about Disney like my, my girlfriend actually makes fun of me I don't do it as, as much as I used to because I'm starting to kind of mature to the point where I'd rather w- watch these movies with like other people. But uh, a lot of these movies I still watch regularly. I just watch all all four Toy Stories. Yeah, those are still those are still fantastic movies. Absolutely, the Pixar movies I find myself watching almost every year. Um, not all the Disney movies, although I do. I am a big fan of Frozen. I, I do like Frozen big time. Um, I even almost like it. M- more than Lion King, honestly. Yeah. I, I like a lot of the movies. I just can't stand the musical aspect of them. <laughs> but, but I mean, come on. I mean, I would say Frozen's probably the best musical out of, or one of the best musicals out of, of all Disney's movies. Yeah. Modern, at least. <laughs> modern, I would say. I don't know. I'm kind of, kind of a music guy, but not that type of music. I mean, I'm not saying it's like award-winning. I'm I'm just saying it's solid for what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is posted. You can yet. you can keep watching them. Nothing against that. <laughs> Here, let's. Uh, I'm gonna save this. Uh, this search. 
Yeah, I, I actually might record a video after we get off here just, like, showing this because, I mean. Hey, yeah. hey, now, don't, don't you be posting this video until. <laughs> I'm not going to post this. I'm going to post, like, I know, on my your own. <laughs> no, like, uh, post my own just for Lorcana, like a separate Oh, thing. okay. No, I know, but, I mean, you're, you're building more hype. I mean, more people are going to see that, but. All right. Yeah. People are going to figure out eventually, so it's just this is something that I you generally you could be we could be like a true early birds, and anybody listening to this, and anybody or even anybody following you, because I haven't seen any of the, of the big names and YouTubers. I haven't seen anybody. I think maybe PCT did a PT PTCG Radio. I don't think he's even covered this yet. Um, There's one guy who posted on Reddit like a video of it. But he was and, like number one. Like, but also, I mean, people there's... aren't going to be seeing this for like three more days, so it'll be a yeah. little older news. But I mean, I think if if you can get it purchased this weekend, even if it's for a hundred bucks, I think you're. I think that's solid. Um, oh yeah, I meant just for people listening. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. Absolutely. Just to have you guys absolutely. know, we're recording on a Thursday before this was a thing, so. We're talking no. about it first, even though you won't hear it first. <laughs> the queen just passed today. And we marked this occasion. We were talking about it. Yep. R.I.P. the queen. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm also in like a few of the Facebook groups. I haven't, I haven't had been able to pay attention to social media. Like, basically, I got off work, um, basically drove back here, and got everything set up already. And we started this podcast, and here we are. At eleven, like I didn't have time to listen to it. I didn't get any notifications about it. Didn't get to see it on Facebook. So this is this is pretty cool. Absolutely, yeah. I was. I'm excited that we were able to talk about it. I was. I, mean, I was a little disappointed that we weren't going to be able to talk about like the actual images. It was just going to be all speculation. Yeah, so, I was too, but, and I did like I was doing my digging right before, and then sure enough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's so few people talking about it. Like, you actually got to go out and seek that information. And I'm buying it. I might have less money to spend at the KCCon, but no regrets. Yeah, but with that big chunk of news, let's go ahead and hop into the Q&A, which I guess we'll have to make a little quicker. I guess we could do the game or we could cut it since we're already at like the two hour mark. What do you think? Uh, I kind of want to sit, do the question, and then we can get to the game real fast. I don't think it'll, it'll take very long. All right, let's just do hot video. take for the the questions. Okay. Uh, well, I was just gonna do what I please. Do you want to see Pokemon collaborate more with in the future? And what exactly are you expecting? Yeah, I mean, their collaborations are good. I think they could do a way better job. I mean, every time they have a collab, it's like, you know, amazing for both companies, obviously. But I was just thinking about this the other day. What was I thinking about? It was like a, or maybe someone mentioned this in another video, like Lego, like how big Lego is and how easy <laughs> it would be just to make like Pokemon Lego. Uh, that would be good. I, I never even thought about that. Like, that would, that obviously, both one. companies don't need any help, and they're doing no. very well, but just imagine how crazy that would be. 
Yeah. Um, see, I know I've said before with like what you would like to see, and I've mentioned Dragon Ball Z, like with Goku, like a, like Super Saiyan. But then I've been mean, thinking about it afterwards, and like that doesn't make sense because an active TCG would never allow that. I feel like they would never allow that collaboration to happen. But it would be good because if they did, because it would gain exposure in marketing. You would hope, right? For Dragon Ball Super. Yeah, Lego just, collectors like would go back and forth, and like yeah. DBZ collectors would go back and forth. I mean, there's always crossover. Like, yeah, Pokemon might not need it, but I mean, like Lego is not a direct competitor, really. I mean, yeah, they could do a collab pretty easily, and people would go nuts. DBZ, yeah, I, might be a little tougher, but. I figure if they did do a collaboration, it would be a front with a Japanese-based company, and it kind of makes sense with Nintendo, Zelda, or, or I mean, Link. You know, I could see them going that that route, and maybe they could do Naruto. I mean, they've already done Mario, so I could see them do something. I know that's not quite the same, but Mario, they definitely could do. Um, I mean, just looking I mean, at the collabs right that they did outside of Pokemon, I mean, it's really limited. Like, yeah, we have Mario and Luigi, which is based off of, you know, totally different IPs, but it's like Mario and Luigi, like the biggest of the big. And we've had uh, Beauty Looking Back Pikachu, which is based off the famous stamps. So that was totally unrelated to TCG and Pokemon. But, I mean, it's kind of hard to think of them. Like, you have a lot of really unique promos, but they're all, like, Pokemon-related, like Poncho, Pikachus, and stuff like that. But it's kind of hard to think of some, because they really don't go outside of their IP very much at all. So No, and which is why I figure if they did, it'd be most likely with the fellow Japanese company. Yeah. If they did go that route, which is why I think potentially something like Link or something with an anime, something that has a, that would that would necessitate a or like potentially bring up the possibility of a collaboration, like you know you have like the the hunch promos is in Heather example. Yeah. yeah so they, they kind they, of they expanded. Do do like I was getting ready to say that too. Like it's more of a hidden thing like yeah they expanded outside of pokemon with that but like the card itself is still pokemon it's just like the art style or like recently that the guy who did the art for breath of the wild and zelda he did like a mock-up zacian card that in celebration of that online art exhibit which isn't even a physical card they just showed it so that's still the same thing it's like 100 percent pokemon but like a twist rather than, like, him drawing that Pokemon in Breath of the Wild. You know, he just, they just took the artist from Breath of the Wild, and he illustrated a Pokemon card. So, it's always a weird, like, sort of collab, but, yeah, they could be, they could be doing a lot more, and I guess the biggest one for I me, Lego, be would be the most common sense, no-brainer yeah. home run. I I, I just think it would be more fun. And even if they don't have to make it a scarce card, they can make it easily available, but they could still make it cool looking. Yeah. I mean, like it doesn't have to be an expensive card like the Mario and Luigi boxes were. 
They could so, do like a ditto I, card for like the TCG side and have the ditto take the shape of like Lego type things, you know? Yeah. They could have a whole, like they could have the starters as like Lego sets and they could have ditto promos that's mocking the images of the Legos. Yeah. But I don't know. They, they're just weird with their collabs. I mean, they're really protective and conservative, which just kind of Japanese culture is in general, but they've just always been that way. But for so, my... Uh, let me jump in on uh, question. Uh, yeah, yeah, go for it. I was just... Not, I just... Was see, I, I changed up the search on eBay just to see if maybe I could find a Lurkana, and uh, I encountered thousand dollar pre pre sale pins, thousand dollar pre sale pins, four pins from Cinderella with thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! But yeah, yeah it's gonna be pricey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we talked about the Charizard UPC. Um, I think UPCs are going to be a thing. They're seen as special products at this point that have a yearly or twice a year-ish release. We've had the Sword and Shield, the Celebrations, the Charizard, and then apparently an Arceus one coming later. Um, what do you think like the right way to do that is? And uh, like, what do you, what would you like to see in a UPC? Hmm. Like the right way to distribute a UPC? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, I was kind of getting at that because I was going to do a follow-up thing of like, I okay. think it's kind of, I, I, you know, it's a good thing for them, but I hate how they're doing like a Charizard UPC and then like potentially a couple months later we might see another one. Like I think they're just trying to capitalize on Charizard. Um, I would think they would be cool if they'd be a yearly release based off of, you know, just the theme of that year. Something it seems like, like they are doing now. They're doing a couple now a year. They have the RCS. They have the uh, and they have the Charizard. I think there was another one this year, wasn't there? Or did I? Am I confusing my ears? Um, it's getting late. <laughs> There's like the Japanese uh, one but, that was like the special thing. But I know like RCS had Brilliant Stars. He had his own box, but it wasn't quite a wasn't like a UPC box. Um, but I think it's a. I mean, I would say it'd be great not to have leagues. That that that'd be pretty great. Um, but I think what they're doing with the printing is the primary thing because scalping was the main issue and the main barrier for a lot of individuals for the so the celebrations UPC. Yes, it did have a lot of products and it had a lot of value. You could even argue they could have sold it at one nine 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 and people's. And MSRP, and that still would have been a fair price. Uh, so that one has so much value; it was okay paying. A lot, there's a lot of people suspecting it, you know, stonks and all that, and it, it will do well. Uh, but all in all, they only made a handful, and they never had plans to make more or re reprint it, even when they knew it, it was not enough. They knew it wasn't enough out the gate, and they never had plans to do more. And I think they kind of went half-ass on that one personally um now i do think we are going to see them learn a bit with his charizard and they've increased printing capacity 
substantially. So I do think they will remedy that aspect. These all-star promos are great, but I would like a little bit more in my box than just the all-star promos. I would like to see a little fifth figurine, like uh, an actual statue. Yeah. <laughs> of, the, of that character. That's that's what I would like to see. Like, you know how uh, Tonka Chew had, had, his own, had his own thing? Yeah, that was a pretty unique box. Maybe not something as big as that, uh, but that's kind of what I'm looking at there. Uh, I would like to see that in, in, in my boxes. Um, I would like to see potentially more promos. They don't have, all have to be bangers. It could be like a gold Charizard promo or, or, or gold Greninja promo or whatever UPC that, that they're making. And the special, special type of promo that they can have, they can have like a 10, 8 promos, whatever in a box. Perhaps yeah. not that much, but like, but like five or six, you know, give you more promos when you buy. I would, I would, I would even be okay spending more money in doing so. I would be okay with that. I think the packs is fine with how many you get, but I think the biggest thing is definitely more, more variety. I think, in my opinion, and I think a statue is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I don't think I mind what's in it. I just like the consistency. Like, right now we have, like, what is it? You know, all the boxes are different. We have the gold cards and the metal cards in the celebration box. We have no gold or metal cards in this one. We just have three promos. So I just would like to see a little more consistency in them. just seems like they're putting a box together um, out of the whim. But... I like them. I think they're a cool product. I just think there just needs to be more rhyme or reason. This Charizard one feels like it's just, hey, look at here. Buy it. <laughs> and a lot of people are going to, but the Arceus one makes sense. You know, it's kind of been a year of Arceus with the games and the sets, and he's relevant in the TCG. And so celebrate that with a premium Arceus collection. So maybe they could do like twice a year if they did that. But, yeah, something like that would be pretty nice. Anyway, though, trying to wrap this up here soon. Let's jump into the game. And uh, we figured we'd keep it simple. This one might not pay off for a couple episodes, but we're trying to guess the floor of the Scarlet and Violet promo. If you don't know, if you pre-order the Scarlet and Violet games in Japan... As far as we know, nothing like this is happening in the U.S. as far as cards go. But you get a special Pikachu full art promo with the Scarlet and Violet starters on it. Very reminiscent to like a 20th anniversary Festa Pikachu promo. It's got Pikachu front and center with the starters around them looking all happy. Not as you know sparkly as the 20th anniversary, but very cool promo. Um, really wish we'd get this in English, but once again, you know, it's just a Japanese thing, having special promos like that. But, uh, what do you think that card will be worth? Uh, I think it's going to drop down to what the RCSV dropped down to. Um, it looks like even the English ones of the Galar starters are 
Let me, let me, I think they are 50 bucks too. I'm pretty sure the Japanese were going for that as well. Um, so there's a lot of growth there because it is a lot of car, a lot of, it's great, it's great artwork cards. Uh, but this is better artwork than that card. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's more depth to it. The, the other ones is kind of like more reminiscent of some of the sun and moon era vibes. Then I mean, it looks like they're. What, what is he on a? Like I know what's happening kind of there. It's like it's I just think... a bunch of light and like wow, you know. It's his. Oh, I think he's doing the Iron Tail. Is what's going on with the? Uh, it's like the Iron Tail and yeah, and then you got each one kind of doing their own thing in the background. Whereas with this one, it's more of. One, the the lighting is better. It's more colorful, and there's a legit background that you can see. They're like, it's Pikachu and the other starters leaving the lab and the professor's place is kind of what it looks like. So you have that scene and that narrative that's being built around that scene. So there's a lot of depth to it. So the artwork right out the gate is better. Um, yeah, very it's positive be... card. Like, hey, we're starting mm-hmm. our new adventure. Like, yeah, here very we go. Cool. And this is the first card of the Scarlet Violet and Shield era. It's like, let's go. We're going on an adventure, you know, sort of thing. Um, and I think it's going to definitely go the route of the Galar uh, starter promo. And I, I think it'll even do better. Um, but there will be a lot of these mate. A lot of these mate. Um, I think you will see a floor pretty similar to that of the RCS Altar promo from the RCS game. This is, I mean, the, the artwork's so great too, but I think there's more texture, it looks like, to this one. Um, but I think you're looking at a similar value. So I think the RCS fee got down, down to like $12. I bought it at like 14 or 15 or something like that. Yeah. I think you're, you're going to be looking somewhere around 15 to 20. Yeah, I'd say probably 30. 30 or so. I mean, it's because it's a full art. It's a really cool card, though. I mean, hard to say. Pretty accessible to get them. It's one of those cards that's going to be real cheap and have a nice, healthy climb for sure. Yep, and it'll come back over the several years. Absolutely. It'll probably end up hitting the similar growth as the Galar. And it was funny. I actually, several times, I had an opportunity to buy those boxes that had the that promo in it. And I always chose against it because I could tell by looking at the promo, like, it was beat to crap. Like, I, I could tell it was already, like, damaged pretty much, so I just chose against it each time. Yeah. But I think even during the hype, those cards were, like, only, like, 25 bucks. So, like, I mean, it's done some healthy growth all already. And, I mean, it's going to do well, but, like, this is one of those cards. You get it as a notable part of Pokemon history as the first card for the Scarlet Violet era. And just, you're, it's more notable to have as a collector as you're going, like you're going through the Pokemon history in real time. And I think it's great to have it for that reason. But I mean, yeah, if you buy a large station and or a large uh, marketplace share with these cards, I think this card will do well. Like you get it at fifteen, twenty dollars an hour when it hits its its low, sell when it doubles. Yeah, pretty 
pretty easy card to pick up, but lots of growth that's pretty easy to predict. It's going to be, I mean, honestly, the hallmark card of the new gen, I think, because not, not too long from now we're going to get the new set, and I doubt it's going to have like a giant full art card like this. Usually the first set of the gens is kind of boring. But, uh, uh, don't be so sure. I, I think, uh, well, some people think they're going to stop all tarts. I disagree. I, I think they'll still gonna... have that. I just mean like the set as a whole usually starts slow. Like they don't do like, uh, hidden fates pretty much is what you're saying. Sort of thing. Yeah. Like evolving skies, you know, they start with yeah. like the base Pokemon, which is cool at first, but like after you see a couple more sets they're much more exciting than like the base set you know stuff like that i mean sword and shield it was kind of un- unheralded but i mean it was a solid looking set yeah i thought anyways all right well that pretty much does it for this episode guys we like we said we are going to the kc collecticon um we will be talking about that a lot on the next episode, I imagine. That might be yep. deserving of an episode itself. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Is there any uh, big key items that you're wanting to bring? Or, like, what's your main goal? If you... Well, since we don't we don't have the cards, it's... I think I am going to try then. Uh, I was... If we had the cards, I was going to try to shoot for a... Uh, like a PSA nine or like a near mint um, Mahario Pikachu, but I think instead what I'm gonna do is shoot for a PSA ten um, Psyduck, Punch Psyduck. Yeah. Um. And I mean, maybe even if they have a CGC ten, but that's probably gonna be more expensive. So yeah, I, right. I just won't want it. I, that, that is that is one of my personal favorite cards, and even though PSA has been absolutely just crapping all over us, and it's kind of a part of my collection goal. So here I am, I'm making a PSA. Uh, so, but yeah, that's kind of probably the main thing. Uh, if I can't find that, I might just buy some smaller items, some some goals for my collection, for my binder sets, and maybe some Dragon Ball. Like just fun, cool-looking Dragon Ball Super cards, and just have fun with it, and not really worry about like getting great deals or anything like that. Because I do the whole the whole aspect of me getting that PSA ten much side up is to save money from the eBay fees. I think I could get one around six hundred. They're kind of pushing almost eight hundred between like seven and eight eight hundred on on eBay. I think I, I can get one for six hundred cash, maybe even five fifty. So that's too big of a disparity to pass up, yeah. which is why I might be interested in trying to see what I can do. As far as what I'm, I'm trying to look at, um, I don't have a whole lot to take with me unless I want to part with another piece of my collection. I do have some cheaper slabs that I could try to like get for, I don't know, like a couple booster packs. And then trade those booster packs for something else and just keep on going from there. Uh, like add a little bit of my own to get more value. But I mean, I'm looking at maybe some booster boxes. I have like, uh, like Miracle Twins or 
you know, maybe maybe a hundred dollar value plus having a few hundred dollars in cash and yeah. just seeing what can happen. But I'm not going to get too worried about it. Um, I got Christmas coming up. I am going to and I might go big for Christmas instead if, if I can't find something what I'm looking for in the deals I'm trying to get, uh, which in which what I'm what I'm going to get. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what I'm feeling. I'm, I might go for the PSA nine. Or that you know near me, uh, or it's still sealed, whatever. Mario Luigi Pikachu would just be like YOLO. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know. I I think I'm gonna bring a lot more stuff than I originally planned, and just see what happens. But in doing that, like you know, nothing could happen. I have a couple of fossil and jungle booster packs that I'd probably use as trade fodder if I found something cool. I might bring. A, a couple tens that I have because there could be potentially a trade that I would like to do if I have the 10 and the dealer has a nine and then another card I want. I might try to work up deals like that where like, hey, I'll give you the 10 for the nine plus I want this other card, you know, something like that. So I think that's where my potential lies, but it really just depends on what they have. And ultimately, they're going to want cash more than anything. Yeah. So, like we, like at the end of the day, they're going to want cash. So it's like they're not going to want to give out cash either. So yeah, only products, only something that's already a part of cost. So yeah, so that's my thing. I kind of anticipated going cash heavy, but then I was like, well, I don't need to go hard for anything. So now I'm just kind of. There for the experience and just bringing stuff just to see what would, would happen. I'm gonna say now it hits me more kinda. Yeah, I know. Who knows what? Like that, that 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 does change plans for me seriously. Like me like, too. I'm, like I, <laughs> I could potentially not have anything going into Collecticon. So I, I mean, yeah, like basically looking at like just having fun with it, which I'm I'm okay with. Just having a trial run, gained experience learning to talk to these i mean i'm i work in customer service so it's like i am pretty amazing with sales and customer service but like i'm not familiar with all these people and necessarily the more personable aspect of this hobby i can't imagine it's too 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 different but like there are probably parts of the business and costs of this hobby with the business on that end that i'm not familiar with because my selling has all been small time so yeah but man, what an episode! We'll uh, have to do a, two and a half hours. But. We'll have to do a Lorcana focused episode, of course, as with everything that we really get Might into. Might wait till next year, though. But yeah, it'll be a while. But let us know what you guys think. I'll be looking out for the Lorcana. Maybe next episode we can tell you if we picked up any. I already saved the searches on eBay. Oh. <laughs> There you go. All right, guys. We better wrap it up. We'll see you in the next one, though. Peace out. See y'all later.